This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All sports talk is on News Radio WGNS. Sponsored by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Insel. Here to help life go right. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ears Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall at City Auto Sales. And the Blue Raider Insider Report is sponsored by Mike Tanzel and My Team Insurance. Steve Rucker with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Let's get it started in here. We've got your local sports fix. It's all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Sport Talk on this Monday. Glad that you're with us on WGNS Radio for uh, the week. Monty Haley is out, so you'll have me for the rest of the week. We've got some nice guests lined up uh, tomorrow. Matt Gillespie from TWSWA office will join us. And uh, later on, Chris Harris, the new athletic director for Rutherford County Schools, will be on. Dick Palmer's going to join me as well. So we'll, we'll have a myriad of guests, uh, young, old, and indifferent. Uh, Jeff being the uh, Monday regular, brought to you by Fans Heating and Air, and Lee Colvin, Financial expert uh, with Edward Jones, Jeff. Welcome in, uh, as always on Monday. Kind of a dreary day today. Yeah, good morning, Jim. But yeah, it's uh, very humid for sure. But uh, I think it's going to be uh, going to be a located kind of day, I guess. I don't know what we did have some rain last night, but we've had a lot of off and on stuff, haven't we? It's been different for sure, uh, Jeff. The world of sports rolls on. The dead period is over with TWSWA, so we're ready to roll. I think COVID. I thought we maybe had a stake in the heart of that thing six weeks ago, but right now, Jeff, I'm, I think there's going to have to be some decisions made again this year as far as athletics and schools and all that kind of thing. And I and I hate it for all these for all these reasons that uh, that, that that and let's go back to the real reason we hate it because people are being hospitalized and dying from it. So that being the most important thing of the whole thing, but COVID's still going to have its uh, grips on us. I'm afraid. Well, it's. I'm I'm starting to get more and more nervous about that very thing. I'm I'm afraid that um, we may have to make some serious adjustments. I I hope that we do not. But um, Tim, as long as Tennessee is is one of the top four, five, six states in the nation that will not vaccinate it, uh, the the citizenry doesn't want their vaccinations. As long as that lasts, uh, the I think we're going to have we're going to have these problems, and it, it may last. Gosh, it would be just awful with it if we don't go back to. I mean, because we could if we would, but I don't know. Jeff, I, I think you and I discussed this back in May, probably. That we felt like when school started in August, it would be a full speed ahead. Distance learning would be a thing of the past. Mask would not be con- really considered. I'm sure there'd be a few balkers whichever way you go, but. Now, Jeff, I don't know that the school board doesn't have a real decision to make as far as exactly what that's going to be like because the distance learning 
It'd be difficult not to offer that an option when you when you think the way things are right now. Yeah, I would think I would think so. Um, what we're going to do about social distancing? What we're going to do about mask? Yes, no, or a choice, or whatever. It's I think it's all very much up in the air, and and uh, and. <laughs> The bad part is I'm, I'm not, although all you got to do is watch TV. That's all you got to do is turn on the news and see that we've got some serious problems sure. that remain. Uh, people act like this is just, uh, it's over with, but we don't have to worry about it anymore. And that's definitely not true. Well, it, it certainly has affected our schools and athletics in the last year and a half. And Jeff, with the Olympics coming up beginning this weekend, it clearly is going to be an effective uh, part of that deal, no fans to be there. Uh, some athletes are already being disqualified from from that, so it it's 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 going to have its influence for sure uh, upon the Olympics, which is unfortunate. Well, first of all, let's be sure make this the nineteen excuse me two twenty twenty Olympics are being held in twenty twenty one. That tells you something about COVID, right? Right. So uh, in the in the 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 amount of money's been spent in Tokyo to build facilities for the Olympics that. Didn't have to be built, Jeff. <laughs> well, certainly not when it when it was built, and I I, I think um, I don't want to be an alarmist here, but uh, uh, with that said, we've had uh, one case now of of, of, of Olympic participant uh, with the problem, and uh, they're in quarantine and so forth, and then we had two and. And last night I watched the news, and we had more than that. Yes, of, of, of various teams, and um, uh, and there's hundreds and hundreds of athletes, and these are these are basically young people, you know, certainly under thirty, and um, they they're going to have them pin up in this Olympic Village and and take total control of that. Well, as I told my wife, we can't control my four-year-old great-grandson i mean you know it's just not gonna work i'm sorry uh so we may be on the edge with the olympics too i don't know and there's there's literally i don't know a, a number but you count the media coverage and everything that's happened to get these athletes ready to go there and then tokyo and japan itself there's millions and millions and millions of dollars involved in this oh yes and um, I, I, I don't know whether we cancel them or put them off again. I don't have any idea. Well, you can put a dollar figure quantitatively on, on that. But, Jeff, from the standpoint of the experience for the athletes themselves, the ability to go to the Olympics and have it be that joyous occasion that it's supposed to be, it clearly is going to take away from that spirit as well. I think, uh, I think that that's, that's definitely true. Um, and uh, we, we've had some interviews, and I'm sure you've heard them, and, and so have I of, of athletes who, who had prepared for a long time for the Olympics in 2020. And, and then they had to put it off a year. And so all of a sudden, boom, they had another 12 months that they yes. were going to have to wait. And it was devastating to a lot of those people. Have to wait and have to work, Jeff. These, these cats do six hours a day, six days a week, right? Right. It, 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 it's a regimen that none of us really have ever experienced in our lifetime for sure. So, to tell them that again, uh, we, we, we lost some already. Uh, um, I mean, let's face it, most of, most of these people, whatever, whatever event they're in, that's not their career. 
I mean, you know, it better not be. <laughs> no, it sure had because if it, it won't is, last long. It's right. They'll be done by the time they're twenty-five. I mean, they'll be old by the time they're yes. thirty. So uh, they've got to get along with their career, with their life, with their training, and whatever. And if you have to work out for six hours a day, which is what Biles did, according to her, yes, uh, no doubt one bit. Every day but Sunday, um, <laughs> for a year. Well, you're, you're putting your whole life on hold, really. All right, Jeff, let's take our first break. When I come back, I'm going to tell you about a couple things I did this weekend that I've rarely done in my life. And uh, to get you to respond, you may have done something. You, you, you may not want to fess up to it, but <laughs> let's take that break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. We have a club steak, and the club steak can be cooked to any flavor that you want it the club steak, it's a seven ounce piece of steak, and we named it that way because it looks like and has the shape of a golf club. We have a low calorie menu and a low carb menu, so depending on whatever diet that you like, we have options for you that are available at Demas's. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. In retirement, it's all about income, your money, making money, and you're not spending down your principal. That's the way we do it at Retirement Income Solutions. So if you're spending down your principal or your money's not making money, keeping you ahead of inflation, check us out today at risolutions.net, risolutions.net, and make sure to join us Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoon at one for Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter. Hello there, this is Lenny Farmer once again for Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home and Cremation Services. Moms and dads, I have something you need to know about your kids. They won't bring up the issue of funeral plans because they feel it will make you uncomfortable and consider it your business. Although they might hope you would take care of these sensitive issues on their behalf, they'll leave that up to you. So, what do you say? Can we talk? Call me at 615-893-2422. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home and Cremation Services. Every team knows which play can be a winning move. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wommel, here to help life go right by combining your home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-890-0850. It's a winning move that saves you time and money. Your ride, your stuff. You live with them together. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wommel. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me help you save by combining your auto and renters. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back into All Sports Talk. Tim Tackett along with Jeff Jordan. Jeff, I mentioned, uh, I did a couple things this week that over the weekend that I had rarely do. One was watch a, almost an entire NBA basketball game. Uh, that was Saturday evening. Phoenix and uh, Milwaukee playing their fifth game of the series. And, and even though I don't know a lot of the players that were out there, by the time the game was over with, I did. Uh, I, I did know two or three beforehand. But I tell you what, I was so caught up in the ability of these cats to hit shots. They hit the, some of the most difficult, toughest shots. And, the, and the, I guess the thing that really struck me is these are by players. I have no idea where they went to college. International has taken uh, a stronghold on the NBA as well, so they didn't play in the U- U.S. as well. But these are people that these are not people that went to Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, you know, Kansas, those kinds of places at the basketball factories of the world. And the second one was yesterday afternoon. 
I'm flipping through the channel just trying to figure out something I want to watch and the baseball game was not particularly good and I saw professional fishing have you ever watched professional fishing on television <laughs> yes I, I have watched a little bit of it yes not much I watched about five ten minutes the, the one thing now I do know this is time lapse so it's not like that they throw, the, throw it in and pull it yeah. out and throw it in and pull it out the way it is on television. It's important to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you what, it was pretty amazing the, the fish they were pulling into the boat. Uh, so I thought, well, is this thing rigged? Are these people really that good? Are they just going to a lake that I don't get to go to anymore? <laughs> what do you think? Well, I think that they have probably have hours and hours and hours of film over many different days <laughs> and they're showing you the top 10 minutes that's what i think when they actually caught a fish that were fish more than one fish fishes if you will fishes <laughs> fishes sure. by the way to show you my great interest in that in nba basketball i don't know who won that game that you watched so who won milwaukee milwaukee won milwaukee's so up three to two they're up three two and uh, jeff what what really was impressive about this thing is as little as you and I pay attention to NBA basketball and most of our listening audience is in the same category I think there are people in Milwaukee and Phoenix who really care a lot right the game was played in Phoenix and if you remember the Predators two or three years ago when they were in the Stanley Cup playoffs and they closed Broadway in downtown Nashville for the and put screens on each end of the Broadway and they had Tens of thousands of people there. Well, Milwaukee did the same thing. It's no telling how many people were out there, and they were jammed. And every one of them, when they, the camera would pan there, they were all into it big time. So it it does matter a lot of places, even though it doesn't matter a lot in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to most people. There were no adult beverages involved. Well, in Milwaukee? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> well, uh, I, I am, uh, I, I guess, a, a little bit of a fan, but if you don't watch a game, how can you call yourself, you know, a fan? I uh, I, I did say, uh, oh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago that I thought Phoenix would win the whole thing, and they're at least there. Uh, but now this this means that uh, Milwaukee has, has uh, as they say on TV, stolen the home court advantage, and and they, they won a game on the road. Yes. And uh, and that's critical, of course. And Milwaukee was down 0-2 at one point, weren't they? They were down 0-2, and in, in this game they were down 17 points at the end of the first quarter. Oh, my goodness. He came came back and, and won the game. So anyway, that said, I will probably watch Game Six. I don't know that I'm hooked, but I did find the game to be far better than I that tonight expected. tomorrow. I really don't know <laughs> what's that tell you. They will play it and they'll well, play it see, in Milwaukee. They played on Saturday night, so that means either tonight or tomorrow night. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to play. That'd be Game Six. If it's tomorrow night, I won't be watching because I'll be in Cincinnati watching the, the Reds struggle with the New York Mets. I guess at the Great American Ballpark. Well, here we are at um, June, uh, July the 19th, and NBA basketball, the basketball season is going to wrap up. So not a minute to... July madness. Yes. <laughs> Fair to say. <laughs> well, I, I don't care uh, who wins. I, I, I do know Phoenix... I think Phoenix maybe has won one at some point, and maybe, I don't know. Milwaukee, Milwaukee hadn't won one in 50 years, yeah. that I can't tell you. And I'm not sure I'm not sure when Phoenix last did. I, I do know that they, once upon a time, had some really, really good basketball mm -hmm. teams, so I'm, I'm guessing they did. I don't know that for sure, but I know they mentioned that Milwaukee has not won one in 50 years. But that was back in the day of Lou Alcindor. 
a la Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Oscar Robertson was on that team, Jeff. Oscar The, the big old uh, who had his great days in uh, Cincinnati with the Royals, which are no longer uh, a team. But uh, Lou Alcindor and Oscar Robertson, you know, of that they, basketball team. They, there's always a talk uh, in, in the sports world about who was the greatest pick your poison here. Yeah. Either by position or by sport or whatever you want, you know, however you want to say. And, and when they, when these experts get together, they, they really do not mention Oscar Robertson's name. There's always a lot of people in front of him and, uh, you know, magic and bird and, and, uh, you, you, you said Jabbar and there are others. I'm, I'm, I think Oscar's in the top five anyway, and he may be he may be the best. But he never played for a winner until until the Milwaukee thing. Well, and, and, he, and, and he his era was even before those. And, and most of the people alive today, Jeff, don't remember the Oscar Robertson era at all. Go back to George Mikan, for example. I right. never watched George Mikan play, right? But I'm told that he may have been the, may have been the best player ever. Will Chamberlain, same situation. Will Chamberlain's heyday was in the early '60s. That's so far back, most people don't remember that. And the part, second part of that is we rarely got to see them play. There was not a game on television every night. And if there was a, a game of the week, which I think on Sunday afternoon is when the NBA had one game on, you know, what Will Chamberlain's team might have played on that game two or three times a year. So you rarely got to see him play the way now we we see athletes every night we wanted to watch them. Yeah, I, I, would, I would say that you might not see a – Oscar Robertson, if you just didn't watch every single game that was on television, you might not see him at all. It was usually, well, if they could find a way to get Boston on the air, yes, they were going to have Boston. And then... Red Auerbach had to light that cigar, remember right, that? Right, right. And, and they might be playing, there was a lot There was more, a lot more interest, of course, I guess, and they, they'd be playing the Knicks or the Philadelphia, you know, or somebody like that. And... Um, there was considerable interest in that. Now, it wasn't too long after that that the Lakers moved and became the Los Angeles Acres, Lakers and uh, what they call it, prime time and game time and all that kind of stuff that they did out sure. there. That they have a, a amazing team. Won, I don't know how many championships, but a number of them. And uh, there was interest there, but you, you wouldn't see other great players Around around the league at all, you might not ever encounter them. Well, it's impossible, as we as you know. This I thought the direction you were headed is to try to compare eras of players. Right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, a dominant player in his day, would he be as dominant now? No. It, it, you know, the game is so much more physical. I made the comment to my son who was watching the game with me. Nobody's got a tougher job in the world than an NBA basketball referee trying to figure out what is and what is not a foul. Jeff, go watch Middle Tennessee and, and Marshall play in Murphy Center and see all the grunting and groaning and grabbing and gouging that takes place. What is and what's not a foul? When do you call it a foul and when you, you, you don't? It's just so physical. And, and if I want to back somebody in, all i got to do is just put it on go and keep backing. And they bang me and I bang them. They bang me. And it, where, where is the foul? I don't know. It's 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 difficult. I I had a person tell me uh, some time ago that one major difference in NBA and college is that in the NBA 
you've got to be able to score while being fouled. Yes. And I think there's – and the, the hand in the NBA, as you're aware, is part of the ball. So you, you foul a guy on, on, on the hand, fine. That's not, that's, that's not a foul. So, boy, that's, that's, that makes it tough. You well, I made this strong. very comment about playing through fouls and hitting shots when the foul was not called, and, and these guys are so good at it. And the one thing for sure that's not called in the NBA is a moving pick. Right. I mean, you can go out there and you might as well be an offensive pulling guard in the NFL to set the pick because you can move, you can slide your leg, you can do about anything you want to other than grab him by the neck and throw him down. Uh, but all that said – it seems to balance itself out. Phoenix lost in the last minute of the game. And could a foul have been called in a place or two? Probably. But I didn't hear any of that whining about that. It, it's just part of NBA basketball in these days. I think that's one of the charms that caused me not to watch it near as much because it, just, it is such a grab-and-grunt game. Those guys, too, uh, um, really amaze me in many, many different ways. And one thing I'm always uh, amazed at is how they keep their temper. Yes. Um, because most of the time, you may have a lot of glaring and all this kind of stuff, but people don't get ejected as a general rule. And as a general rule, there are no fights. Now, every once in a while, even Jabbar had enough on on one particular game and slugged a guy. Yeah. And uh, I know Wilt Chamberlain sent a St. Louis Hawk to the hospital. <laughs> but, but you know, Tim, I, I'm not, I, he, he was wrong, of course. He was wrong. But he was fouled on every play, every time he touched the ball. And that was the only way they could stop him, was foul him. Because he was a poor free throw shooter, right? Oh, extreme. 55% maybe, 60 yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe. And, if, and believe me, if he had the ball on the low post, his, 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 his percentage was 100%. So we'll just foul the guy. Well... Even I mean you know it's it's just it's a tough game. Kind of bring up the hack of Shaq. Shaq Shaquille O'Neal was such a bull inside, but he couldn't hit free throws. And they do that constantly. And Jeff, think about these guys playing 80, 90, 100 basketball games a year. Right. How how mentally your brain's got to at some point in time go into a fog. It just has to. What night what night is? Who are we playing? Who cares? I mean, how can you be sharp? That many times you can't be. It's just impossible. That's that's at least three times what a college team would play, and, and they, uh, they play too many. Yeah, they do. That's correct. And and, and you you're reporting out there with uh, uh, well, probably the average game maybe 15 people for both teams might play uh, for a total, but it could be as many as 20 maybe. And and you're figuring well, all every night those 20 people are all going to be having good days and they're not going to get mad and they're not going to be in a bad mood and everything's going to be fine. Well, that's impossible. And they can take that pep talk that the coach gives them at the beginning of every game and get out there and win one for the Gipper, right? <laughs> How many times is that going to fly? <laughs> not every night, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I found that to be true even in high school basketball. Yeah. We need to take a break. We're past due for Chip Walters. But we'll get that done here in just a bit. Chip Walters has our Blue Raider Insider Report. Uh-huh. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Crew, here's what you've been missing. Did you know I can make noise with my left eye? <laughs> I, 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 I was I trying did. to get it on the microphone. <laughs> oh, you did. Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. 
Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul, Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014. You'll get excellent service and trustworthy advice with Hall's Auto Care. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. We're ready to help get you safely on the road. Hall's Auto Care, 907 Ridgely Road, just off Broad Street behind Chili's. Online at hallsautocare.net. Hall's Auto Care. Your ride, your stuff. You live with them together. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. It's smart to protect them together to help life go right. Give me a call at 615-893-1417. And let me help you save by combining your auto and renters. Your home, your auto, together, they're where life happens. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. It's smart to protect them together. Give me a call at 615-893-1417. And let me help you save by combining your home and auto. It's time. Show your true blue. Blue Raiders. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Sponsored by Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Steve Rucker and RAI Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Go Blue Raiders. When you think insurance, think Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance, 200 South Lowry in Smyrna. Rayburn is an independent agency, so Wayne will shop multiple national companies to make your best insurance deal. It's personal with Wayne, whether working in community, schools, or insurance. Trust Wayne Blair, your full-service insurance agent. 390-8476. Wayne Blair, Rayburn Insurance, 390-8476. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and we're going to spend pretty much this entire segment today talking about Blue Raider football. Conference USA released its uh, forecast for how things could go uh, during this year with their uh, predicted order of finish. It was a panel of media members that cover Conference USA that uh, voted on this. Uh, And and I will say this is typically preseason polls are pretty meaningless anyway, but with COVID happening a year ago, the transfer portal that has been going on, uh, this may be the most meaningless of all preseason polls. Uh, and it doesn't matter which conference. It could be the SEC, could be uh, the OVC, or in this case, Conference USA. But uh, read them and weep. Here's what they're saying. They're in the Eastern Division. Marshall is picked first, followed by Florida Atlantic, Western Kentucky, Charlotte, Middle, FIU, and Old Dominion. So the Raiders are picked fifth right now in the Eastern Division out west. UAB got 15 uh, first place votes and were picked ahead of UTSA, who had the other nine first place votes. Then it's Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, Rice, North Texas, and UTEP. So uh, right now they're expecting Marshall and UAB to play in the championship game, but uh, you you can find uh, all of that information on the Conference USA website. Well, 
they also announced uh, the preseason watch list uh, from Conference USA, and that was selected by the league's 14 head coaches. Five student athletes from each of the Conference USA's 14 member schools are recognized as key players to watch ahead of the 2021 season. The Blue Raiders making the watch list included receiver Jaron Pierce, center Jordan Palmer, defensive end Jordan Ferguson, safety Reed Blankenship, and punter Kyle Ulbrich. So they are listed as the five players to watch for the Blue Raiders. All right, the Maxwell Football Club today announced its watch list for the 27th annual Chuck Bednarik Award, and Middle Tennessee's Reed Blankenship has made that list for the third year in a row. The Bednarik Award has been presented to the College Football Defensive Player of the Year since 1995. Chuck Bednarik, former standout at Penn and with the Philadelphia Eagles, is a member of both the College Football Hall of Fame's class of 1969 and the NFL Hall of Fame class of 1969. 1967. Blankenship, who's a senior, returned from an injury in 2020, but still led the Blue Raiders with 76 tackles to earn a spot on the third team in a year where he would probably tell you he didn't feel like he played very well. So we look forward to a a revved up and 100% read Blankenship this year. All right, speaking of football, there's some new rules coming out this year. The uh, In overtime, uh, things are going to be a little bit different uh, in the past. Starting with the third overtime, you had to go for two. This year, they're moving that up to the second overtime. And also, starting with a third overtime, instead of playing the full number of downs, you just go to a two-point conversion shootout. That uh, is a big change this year in college football. Also, they're trying to stop the defensive shenanigans with uh, high-tempo offenses on the field uh, and also trying to do more things to uh, keep the game sportsmanlike. You can find information on the new rules on GoBlueRaiders.com. Okay, don't forget to join us tomorrow on Facebook Live at noon, a look back at Blue Raider history. You're going to want to see this. It's it's Facebook Live. Our guest will be Jason Millard, Patrick Simpson, J- Jamie Thomas, Raleigh Bishop, Nathaniel Claybrooks, and Boogie Yates. That's tomorrow at noon. So be sure and join us on the Blue Raider Athletics Facebook page. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Ken Ayer. Find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. Hi, I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty Bob Lamb and Associates. You might know me as the voice of the Blue Raiders, but I want you to know me as your realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, it's time to choose Chip. Do you have a growing family? Are you thinking about downsizing? Are you relocating to Middle Tennessee? Well, it's time to choose Chip. Go to my website, choosechip.net. There you'll find a dynamic home search engine plus a ton of other features that'll help you during your search. If you're looking for a realtor that's professional and has your best interest at heart, it's time to choose Chip. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back into All Sports Talk. Jeff Jordan with me today, brought to you by Fans Heating and Air and Lee Calvin, financial expert with Edward Jones. Uh, 
Jeff, one thing that is happening in our country that's not particularly bad is stock market continues to go up. I'm sure your portfolio is just growing massively. Lee just has to call you up and say, what, what are we going to do with all this extra money? I've now gone over into seven digits. Um, <laughs> it's a serious problem in the Jordan household. Uh, trying to find a spot for all these funds, yes. But uh, you're going to struggle through it somehow. I'll, I'll make it, yes. Tell me about, uh, I assume, uh, I'm thinking you probably went to the Ben Cakes uh, yesterday. Uh, give, give me a report. I did not go, but uh, give me a report on how that went. Well, um, we, we owe, a, owe a debt for sure to uh, a number of people. Um, uh, Gail Robinson was really the instigator of this, but there were a number of people that uh, uh, helped her and uh, helped promote it and that sort of thing. Um, and I, I hesitate to mention a bunch of names of people that were there. But, uh, but of course, the family was there in, uh, in the Oakland gym uh, where, where Ben coached so long. Uh, and, and we had a good day, and we had some, some uh, stories. Then um, the idea, as you're aware, it was, a, it was a happy event. This was not the, a funeral or a visitation or anything like that. Um, we, we were there to just discuss mostly for the Oakland players and the, and the Kittrell players, ex-players, to uh, uh, discuss his influence on their, yes. on their lives, yes. which was considerable uh, and almost all positive, I'd say. But we had a good day, had, had good attendance, uh, and I, I was very pleased with how it went. Doesn't all that accentuate the reason we have sports in high schools and so I forth? So. I mean, it, now it, rarely does it go to that level where someone has that kind of impact and and, fa- and players have that much uh, vested in, in, in their memories and so forth. But that is the goal, the end game that you're looking for, if, if you're doing it the right way at least. And, and, and I think you and I both tried to do that very thing. And, and I think we accomplished that in a couple of cases as well. But uh, uh, Ben started his career coaching at, Rock, at excuse me at uh, Kittrell because that's where he played, coached there until Oakland High School opened in 1972. So I coached at Kittrell what five or six years probably before Oakland opened up. I think five is correct. I'm, I'm not I'm not certain about that. It um, uh, he did play there, of course, and um, and went back. There, after he graduated from MTSU and was at the time working on his master's degree and got a teaching job there and, 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 and got the head girls basketball job there. I don't believe he was ever an assistant coach. He, I, I don't recall if he was, but I don't think so. And then when, when Oakland opened up, um, he ended up at, uh, as, as coach of the, the Oakland Lady Patriots. And it's kind of unusual. I guess people have forgotten or they weren't here. They're not old enough. Um, but at that time when Riverdale and Oakland opened, the school board uh, was um, – you had to come up with a faculty yeah. <laughs> for, yeah. for both places. And, and almost – well, not all, but a great number of them were people that were already teaching and, and – and, and coaching at, at, at Las Casas or Rockvale or Walter Hill or whatever. And uh, they would just transfer to one of the two schools. And it worked out all right. Every, everything went okay. Um, and the coaches interviewed at various places. And I, I, I'm, I'm not going to 
sit here and just say I'm absolutely right, but I, I believe every assistant, every coach, head coach in the county got a job somewhere else in the county. Now explain to those that don't remember this, we were talking about head coaches at Las Casas, right. Walter Hill. I mean, there were a lot of head coaches that right. to, to move into one school. Right. And, uh, or two schools, I should say. Yeah. And um, the, 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 the boys coach went to Smyrna. And the, and the girls coach at Kittrell was was being and then actually applied for both jobs. Uh, I doubt if he knew the principal of Oakland any better than I did, John mm-hmm. Swafford. Yeah, I mean he he he'd never worked for him, but he interviewed for both jobs. And at the time, this is important to to realize, at the time, Ben didn't care. Either one would be fine. And he ended up with the Oakland job. I don't know why he didn't get Riverdale. I don't have any idea. But uh, anyway, he ended up with the Oakland job. And, it, and, of course, that worked out perfectly. I had a personal situation very similar to that in 2003. Uh, the school board saw fit to add a fourth assistant principal's position at, at the four high schools, Oakland, Laverne, Smyrna, and Riverdale at the time. And so I applied for all four positions. I have no idea why I ended up at Oakland. Probably of the four schools, if, if they'd asked me to put them in some kind of a pecking order, they would probably be number four on my list because I'd coached at Smyrna before. Uh, I'd coached at Riverdale before. Uh, Laverne was uh, – I taught middle school in Laverne for years and years in, in, in that direction. And Oakland was the one school I had very little – now, all that said, it was the one closest to my house. But uh, I, right. I have to say a good friend of mine, Ray Hughes, I, I think had a – good bit of influence Ray knew me well from church and so forth and I think he was influential in, in, in seeing that I ended up at Oakland I don't know that for sure but that's the way it worked out and, and all things considered it worked out just great for me yeah for, I'm not sure why this is I'm, I would imagine there'd be a good reason for this and I can think of a few but anyway when you have a I was always encouraged that if, if there's a number of jobs that are open and they're equal that that sort of thing, apply for all of them. Yeah, and uh, I remember you doing that, and um, I, I I figured that you'd probably get one of the jobs, but I didn't have any idea where and and why they chose Oakland for you. I don't know. You know, I don't know if the four principals at the time got into the room and said, "Here's right. the candidates, and here's who I want. Anybody else want him?" Don't you imagine it's kind of almost a kind of a, a draft situation that, that somebody came up and said. I absolutely want this guy, and if, if it's Bud Rakes at Smyrna, and I, I do not know who that fourth person was at that particular time, but let's say Bud decided that's what he wanted, and so John Swafford didn't have any objections to that. I don't know how, how that happened to go, but I'm, I'm wondering if there was not something like that that went down the road, say, I have this person that I want, who else wants him badly, or her badly, I should say. I, I really don't know how it worked. I don't know how it worked for Riverdale and Oakland either in 72. I, um, of course, they had um, a, lot of, a, a lot of things that, that, that had to be done and spots that had to be filled, and I have no idea how they decided which faculty members from Central or, sure. or anywhere else, why they would go to Oakland or why they would go to Riverdale. I don't have any idea. I do know that, and you mentioned the a word that's really correct it really is they had a draft well it wasn't the draft exactly but 
for uh, I know Mr. Swafford did get first pick on on coaches. Okay, now somebody's got to have first pick, right? Sure, exactly. And uh, uh, and of course, a lot of the head coaches that we're talking about have worked for him at Central. So uh, he chose, and quite properly, uh, Mr. Pate, Lee Pate, who had worked for him, was a good friend of his, had been with him for a number of years, had won a state championship with him, that sort of thing. And he took him for boys basketball, which left Carl Buckner, the principal of Oakland, with the next pick, and, and he chose uh, uh, Gene Wyndham, who was the head football coach, and had also won a state championship at Central. Well, Mr. Pate went on to Oakland, but for whatever reason, and I won't go into this, but for whatever reason, uh, Coach Wyndham uh, never made it to Riverdale. Never did not, yes. Never made it anywhere. He went to Nashville, coached at Vanderbilt, and I don't think he's coached high school football since. Uh, and I, I've, I know him a little bit, and a very capable guy, very, very sharp, but he didn't make it. He didn't go to Riverdale. That so, whole situation was – Quite tricky, uh, yeah. as I understand it. I, I was in college at the time. I had no interest and idea of what was going on, but uh, I, I'm sure there had to be some mm, – let, let's just eyebrow-raising at some things that happened. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I was just trying to remember uh, really everybody. It's so difficult to remember everybody. And uh, I know the two uh, – one of the Rockville coaches got a – Billy Joe Snell, who uh, remains a legend in Eagleville, as his as are his sons, um, ended up at Riverdale, uh, and I think another coach at Rockville left the county. Uh, Bobby Parker, who was girls coach at Central, ended up with the Woodbury Boys, so he didn't even stay in the county. Right. But uh, Harris Hooper at Walter Hill ended up with the Riverdale girls, and. Um, Eventually, it settled out, and uh, and everybody got a job. James Faulkner ended up at, uh, at Mr. Pate's assistant at, at Oakland, and then later became Riverdale head coach. I mean, it it, it, it settled out. We we started this conversation with Ben Cates, and and yeah. and, and and you mentioned that he didn't. Uh, let's play the what if game. What if he had ended up at Riverdale instead of it, Oakland? How much different might that have been? No way to know is no. There's no way. It, it's impossible. Um, and and that wasn't unusual. I, I hope I hope nobody takes offense that I that of what I said there. It just happens to be factual. I mean, if to think of Ben Cates at Riverdale today would that be ridiculous? Sure. But in 1972, that was perfectly <clears throat> reasonable. I mean, he's got to have a job, right? And we got two two jobs, <laughs> so apply for and, both. And my my guess is. If he'd gone to Riverdale, he'd had the same kind of following Very there likely. as he had at Oakland. Very likely. Uh, I guess the one common denominator would have been that some of the kids that he had at Kittrell that ended up at Oakland because that's where they were going to go to school, he'd have been playing against them, which would have been a little unusual. At that time, the zone line, which, um, well, it's not always followed to the letter. A little word. <laughs> but it, 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 it's, it's pretty solid, particularly today, I guess. The zone line was – was uh, uh, the, the Woodbury Highway. And if you were south of Woodbury Highway, you Riverdale. And if you were north of, uh, you know, on, on the northern side of the highway, you were Oakland. Um, well, I don't, I don't know how long that lasted, uh, but in a, in a later rezoning, that was changed. And the, and the Kittrell eighth graders now 
far as I know, they go to they go to Oakland. All of them. Yeah. So I think that's right. All right, Jeff, we need to take one more break. we got about three or four minutes to wrap things up. When we come back, you're listening to All Sports Talk. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Crew, here's what you've been missing. You had a day off in... Yeah. <laughs> Don't miss the Wake Up Crew with John, Brian, and Dalton. Mr. Haney. Here on News Radio, WGNS. We do it your way Sir Pizza. You can order Murphy Spurl's favorite pizza online. SirPizzaTN.com. Carry out and delivery for dinner tonight at SirPizzaTN.com. You've seen the ads out there, companies wanting to buy your home. But why sell yourself short when you can get fair market value? I'm Lisa Patton. If you have an estate to settle or a home to sell, call Parks Auction. We'll work with you to sell your home or property in any condition with no costly repairs on your timeline. Why accept one offer when you can have multiple? You need Parks Auction. We look out for your best interest. Call Parks Auction today. We handle everything. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. This portion of All Sports Talk brought to you by First Bank, banks across the state of Tennessee, all across the Rutherford County in Murfreesboro. Glad to have them as one of our sponsors and hope you'll give them a shot at any of your banking needs. You'll find a smile and professional service always at First Bank. Jeff, uh, we haven't talked much about Major League Baseball in this segment, but uh, your guys in, in Atlanta lost an awfully good player. And uh, you said off air beforehand that maybe the the shot that the Braves had went down the tooth with him. Uh, I, I think so. Um, Acuna, I just think, was just a, an amazing young talent. Uh, and he... he course damaged his knee quite severely he's out for the rest of the year and I know they can do amazing things in the operating room and and with rehab and so forth but he'll be lucky to be back uh, before the all-star break next year I would think because uh, he really damaged his knee badly and on a defensive play uh, of all things but um, uh, he, he he had put up some Quite remarkable stats in the, the first uh, uh, half of the year, and uh, the Braves needed him badly. They surely did, and uh, they're not going to have him now. You, you can save that by you know trades, and maybe you can get somebody. I don't know who, who's available out there. They they've already traded and, and got some people. Yeah. Um, to try to and but the Braves got bullpen problems. They need the runs. They're having trouble scoring runs, and Acuna was a key to that. And, uh, and he's gone. So I don't know how long Freddie Freeman can carry you, but they, but they have some other people, too, that are good hitters. But uh, they they don't have an Acuna anywhere in the lineup. We're reaching that point in the year where the teams like the Braves or even the Reds or the Cubs have to make a decision to stand pat or we can't win this year, so let's go ahead and trade a couple players out of the way and get rid of some contracts and see if we can't build for the future. Or we think we got a shot to get this thing done. Let's go get some of these players that people are trying to shed a little bit of and build our ball club now. Uh, Jeff, when you go that direction and you don't make it, you you kind of uh, mortgage your future a little bit and with no reward. So you have to be pretty careful in what you do. You really do, and that's uh, this is why the general managers and 
owners uh, and, and others in the organization make make the big the big dollars. I think the trade deadline is the thirty first, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And um, without anybody having to go through waivers, at least uh, you can release people, trade people, that sort of thing. Um, and gosh, I don't, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to it, but they're probably. 10, 12 teams that are going to have to sit down in that, in that dark, dark room that nobody knows exists and say, well, are we going to go for this or not? Right. And if, and if it's not, then what's on the table? To, to get, dump contracts, get rid of people, pick up, whatever. And if, and if we're going to go for it, then... Who are we going to and the to tough part for? about that is the decisions you make, you won't know the real answer to that for another six months or a year or sometimes two years. Did you make the right call? That is correct. That is, that is right. And uh, uh, it looked like to me now, well, the Braves are one of those teams. Yes. Uh, without question. Although they're getting a little, it's getting a little shaky for them, don't you think? And, I mean, you, you can look at the Reds. Your Reds, good team. A lot of young talent. I mean, I'm very impressed with them, but they're seven games out. Yeah, and, and at some point in time you say, we don't sell, we don't buy, we just stand pat, which is the neutral way of doing things, and I think that's where Cincinnati will be. And the Braves, for the most part, I think will probably fit in that same category. Jeff, we've run out of time. Well, these things happen. Well, it does happen. But Tuesday comes along tomorrow, and I'll come back on with somebody else. Matt Gillespie, as a matter of fact, with TWSOL will join me tomorrow. We've got the, we got the Braves in, in San Diego, I think, coming up here. At, that is correct. Braves San Diego from Atlanta, right here on WGNS Radio. Thanks for listening. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel, Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates, First Bank, Mike Tansel with My Team Insurance, Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with City Auto Sales, Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living, Steve Rucker with RAI Advisors, Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. 